Good evening, good afternoon, and good night, everyone. I didn't mean to say good night. <laughs> um, welcome to From Bob's Office. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning. Nope, it's 1.35. I'm sorry, this has uh, been rough. Um, welcome, I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm Jacob. And this is From Bob's Office. Um, <laughs> the next voice you hear belongs to somebody who I've known since he was a freshman in high school. He is a devoted son, brother, sports fan, uncle, and follower of Christ, and we are honored to have him with us here today, ladies and gentlemen, Cody Kurtz. How's it going? I don't really get, like, devoted son or devoted brother. Like, I feel like I didn't have a choice in that. (laughs) I I mean, you can can choose whether or not you respect your parents. That's true. I could like devotion. Yeah, you can not care about any of them and just been on your way. Yeah, that's true. I've stuck around this long. I might as well see it to the end. <laughs> Could he also <laughs> wanted us to redo the intro after that was a little rough. That's not how things work around here, Cody. We just one-shot take it and go. Kind of right. hurt that you wanted that, that, that <laughs> awesomeness to redo. Yeah, this is the magic of our show. Is It all starts with Jake's intros and the transition <laughs> to me not right. going well at all. The inconsistency yeah, is really that's what, what we're shooting for. Yeah. I'll write something down next Thursday. <laughs> nope, Tuesday, this Thursday. Jeez, okay. It's happening again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, weekend recap. Um, this weekend was the last wedding of my wedding season of attending weddings. Yay. It was my sixth one in five weeks. And it was really interesting because it was a very Catholic wedding. It was in a Catholic church that was, you know, Catholic church or really decked out and cool and there's a huge Jesus on a cross and there's stained glass and and there's all this stuff going on and it was just the exact opposite of the previous wedding I had been to. It was like and a Satanist was... wedding? <laughs> yes. Yeah, slaughtered a board. Not quite. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was more... It was more just non... The previous one was not really faith-oriented. It was... But that's not even like... What I was getting at, it was more like it felt really rigid. Like we were all, and again, it was another small wedding. There was like 60, 65 people total in the church. And so we all fit in like one section and we're watching. And it felt like we were watching something happen. And we had to like respect the quiet and the show and just let it, like we couldn't talk we can babies weren't allowed to be there because they didn't want to like mess it up and we couldn't like they specifically said don't record anything because they're taking care of that and it just felt like uh no i'm thinking the other person never mind i don't know anyone who's just got married that already has a child (laughs) anyway um so to me the whole process was it was just different because the previous wedding was much more like hey we're all having a party and we're celebrating and we're all doing this together and everyone's involved in laughing and stuff and at one point there was like communion and at at a catholic mass they have the like little kneel bars that you pull out and kneel on and like people didn't know whether to stand or sit or kneel or when to get up and just when you're in that situation it's just awkward and so it was just a different it was beautiful groom was great bride was great everything was beautiful um, and the party afterwards was great, but it was just, it was just so different than the one I had previously experienced. So it was just kind of weird. Jacob but dance at a wedding? I did. I was forced to. I don't generally like dancing at weddings. I like to just sit and watch. I'm more of a watcher than a dancer. But the groom. That's came gonna over. be written on your headstone, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a watcher than a dancer. I hope not. 
<clears throat> the groom came over and like dragged me up, and you can't turn down the groom. So, so I had to get up So if you could and dance. live in Footloose, would you? Because you don't dance. If I could what Footloose? Live in the like movie Footloose, would you? No, because I want people to dance. I like watching people dance. I just don't want to dance myself. Dance all you want. I want you to dance. It's a good expressive art. And he'll just watch you. Because <laughs> he's a watcher. <laughs> anyway, enough about my weekend. Jake, what did you do this weekend? Uh, so this weekend, uh, me and some my other family, we drove out to um, Arizona to go see our friends who go out, who are also part of the other family, um, who go to GCU. So we went and spent the weekend there. I have a few stories to tell about that. On Friday, while we were driving there, Khalil managed to lose his phone. Then when I went to help him find his phone, inside the back seat of the car, by the way, it, it wasn't really hard. There was a queen, our king-size blanket across us, but he somehow lost his phone. And in that process of me trying to help him lose his phone, I lost my phone. You're trying so, to help him lose his phone? No, I was trying to help him find his phone, find and then I lost phone. my phone while Leslie was on the phone with Maddie. And she's like, oh, the boys are just freaking out. And me and Chloe were like, what? We're not freaking out. You're freaking out. And we just couldn't find our phones, and then we finally found our phones. We're like, all right, now we can sit back down. And then Quill fell asleep in like 12 seconds. Um, on Saturday, we went shooting for like four hours. And it was a lot of fun. Um, guns. Ammo and every- yes, guns. <laughs> no, tanks. Um, <laughs> ammo and stuff is very cheap out in Arizona. There's taking stuff. photos. There's playing basketball. People don't know Khalil doesn't play basketball. Or take photos. Or that. Um, <laughs> so we were going there, and we shot around for a bit. Um while the women went shopping, the men went shooting. It was pretty fun. And then we went to Texas Roadhouse where we made – okay, background, Khalil hates all things country. And so we officially – or like we made him go up onto one of these like sat, like straddle a saddle. And we had a big old yee-haw for his birthday coming up on Thursday. And as he was walking up, he whispers to us, wow, you guys are really trying to lose me. I- Instead of um, because he despised the entire thing. Khalil will be in here at one point to defend himself. Yeah. But for right now, he's just gonna have to and take then shots. Sunday, we uh, drove to Ian's church, which is a solid 45 minutes away on another like two different freeways. And I'm like, dude, you're literally just taking us out to the Goonies. And then I, we realized it was like it actually is a really nice church. And um, I think you mean the Boonies. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Goonies. <laughs> Taking you out to an awesome movie from the 80s. I wouldn't complain about that. Well, you're probably right. Um, yeah, that's about it. Then we drove home, and I didn't get home till like 1030, and it was rough. Oof. How was your weekend, Kobe? <laughs> oh, my weekend. I'm trying to, my weekend was great. On uh, Friday night, I went out to a little Dave & Buster's, a little D&B. I hadn't been there in a while. Because it was one of my friends from uh, Disney's birthday. I used to work at Disneyland, so I like to see those people as much as I can now. Um, so we went and hung out, watched some of the games Friday night. Saturday, I went to a Bunko night, Halloween-themed Bunko night. I don't even remember how to play Bunko. I think it's, I played it once. My mom does that. Oh, so does his mom. So does. <laughs> I mean, we did it once for her 50th birthday, but... Yeah, so I went to a bunko night. I didn't win anything. I was a solid 7 and 11, so that makes it. So, like, I didn't get middle of the road, didn't get most wins, didn't get most losses. So if you know bunko, this makes sense. If you don't, I I was, like, kind of – I was a little bit better than average, but not that great. I got nothing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday, went to church, hung out with Baby Bear, which is my nephew. 
the son of Kyle and Taylor. Kyle's my brother. I'm sure you've heard all about him, or at some point you will. And He's been watched, mentioned. Yeah, I watched my beautiful Dallas Cowboys beat the trash Philadelphia Eagles on mm-hmm. Sunday night. That was always great. Yeah, that was my weekend. Well, that was a professional segue into talking about the football weekend, so we can just start with that game since you brought it up already. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't have specific thoughts about it because I had to leave halfway through the game. Um, I mean, it was definitely a great win. It doesn't prove anything after those bad, terrible three weeks against Saints, Packers, and Jets. It was the turning point we needed, but losing Van Der Esch and Robert Quinn for not hopefully not too long because it's our bye week, so they should rest up. But I didn't realize Quinn got hurt during the game. Yeah, Quinn had he went out like the same time as Van Der Esch, I think, in the third quarter, which was. Not ideal, but we still got the job done, and we still won like 33-10, to 10, which is, it's, the joy of beating the Philadelphia Eagles is unrivaled by any other joy. Maybe watching the Kings lose. That's oh. also the Los Angeles Kings. It's, <laughs> there's just hard to beat that feeling. So we go into a bye week, which is nice, and get all rest up. I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, so they can throw in, I still with them. Dak Prescott's my guy, even though everyone else hates him. <laughs> As Jake shakes his head. Jake was so anti this game being a Sunday night football game last week. Yeah. He thoroughly he went off talking about they need to actually put a good game on Sunday night football uh, yeah. and put good entertaining teams on Sunday night football and quarterbacks who are actually good. And, yeah, uh, instead, no, the Dallas Cowboys are just going to buy their way into whatever primetime game they want. Yeah, I mean, it works. We're America's team. Most valuable sports franchise in America. Debatable. Not debatable. That, that is a statistic. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that part's not debatable. <laughs> you know, I like to watch teams that were in the playoffs last year on primetime games. Did they do much in the playoffs? We went to the second round. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we lost to the Rams. You wish you would have made the second round. Well, yeah. we have this year. But, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers had we his do. best game of his career. This week, I think they said it's his first perfect passer rating. Yeah, that's nuts. Yep. How has he gone this long being the man he is without a perfect passer rating? He finished 25 for 31, 429 yards, five throwing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. He, what I like to call, carried the team on his back without Devontae Adams, which was really impressive, actually. I feel like Packers fans keep talking about how all their receivers are hurt. but I mean, They are. They still have... Very talented receivers, which is why you have won like four of the last five games. We have a very talented quarterback. Yeah, we have very JV receivers. Um, Jimmy Graham had 65 yards. Um, I mean, that's a new light to what he normally doesn't do. Yeah, that's happy I nice. released him on fantasy. It was great to see him beat me this week. Oh man, yeah. that's rough. <laughs> but yeah, so we. Had a heavenly beat against the Oakland Raiders, which is a very nice thing to do is beat the Raiders. Um, we won 42-24, to 24, letting a few garbage time touchdowns in because we're like, eh, whatever. Put some JV guys out. What do you think? Do you guys think this Raiders team is like, do you think they're a real team? Like, do you think they're good or no? Like, they have had flashes of greatness. I think they're 3-4, and four, which, I mean, is not. 3-3. Three and three. Well, they, did they have their bye already? Yeah. Oh, all right, so then the three and three, then, I mean, do you view them as a middle-of-the-pack team? Do you think they have the potential to be a playoff team? 
I think they're middle pack. Maybe if they're lucky, they'll fit into the wild card. Yeah, because currently, if you look at Patriots, Ravens, um, Chiefs as for sure division winners, then the Colts and Texans feel like they're going to win that division, despite what Jake might think. So, so those are the four. And then the wild card, you got Buffalo's five and one. You got, and then the other one between Indianapolis and Houston, and that seems to be, and then Oakland's like mm. right below that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Houston in a game versus Oakland. I'm going to take Indianapolis in a game versus Oakland. It's true. I mean, it's so, the last season in Oakland. they got to do something special. I, 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 <laughs> just because the desire is there doesn't <laughs> mean the reality is going to happen. It's true. So I'm not super uh, – I'm not concerned with that too I much. I normally, like, strongly dislike the Raiders, but after what Antonio Brown, how he acted this offseason, I kind of want to see something good happen for him. Not for him. For yeah, I was like, oh, Lord, none no. of us want to see no, anything oh, no. for Antonio Brown. Yeah, I'm. I don't care about. I, Raiders can do whatever. I'm not worried about them. So. Yeah, I'm. I see them as kind of a, a mid-pack team where they're. I mean, they have their flashes of great, but they also. I. I don't know. I don't really believe Derek Carr is elite. So I mean, we'll see what it takes them. What is like? What do you have to be to be an elite quarterback? What is that? Clutch. Even, I, I mean, there's a tons of clutch quarterbacks that wouldn't be considered elite. I mean, Dak Prescott over the last four years has proven to have the most, one of the most highest rates of game-winning drives in the league. Does that make him elite? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tell us, so what does it mean? You know, that's a phrase that gets thrown around here and there all the time. Um, elite to me is. Or week after week, they're putting up good numbers, and they're they're more they're above the like top ten every week, pretty much. For so the like season. consistently good. Yes, they're consistently good, and you consistently think to yourself, if my team had this guy as quarterback, I would be winning games, kind yeah. of thing. So you put Garner Minshew in the elite category now? Nah, he's a mediocre, but he's getting there. He's rising. You just called him mediocre? Well, I, I think elite, and then it goes mediocre. There's no good. <laughs> there is no good. The good is ugly. The good is bad, and the ugly. That is the roughest. What? Like, there's, because for me, there goes, like, elite. And there's, like, guys like will win games for you. And there's, like, garbage. And then there is Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> He's just the bottom of the pack. <laughs> yes. The very yeah. Wow. He can be joined. I by were the Bears. I would trade for Cam Newton. But it's not going to happen. Why, though? Yeah, you put Have Cam Newton high in there. What about Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I don't think the Saints will get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. I think it's more likely that... You think Carolina would get rid of Cam Newton before... The Saints would get rid of Yeah, because of um, this new boy coming in and being undefeated. They got Actually, did they win this? I mean, the Saints got a Tyson Who? Chicken Strips Hill that you love so much. Um, oh, Carolina? I think <laughs> Carolina, Carolina had their bye week. Um, that was a good one, by the way. Um, but Do you think he could do the same job Bridgewater could do? I think they are using him the correct way right now by using him as a utility player yeah. versus a starting quarterback. I think it's good that he's a utility player and comes in on downs that you're not going to expect him to catch a ball and be a tight end kind of thing. Yeah. I think I don't know. I want to see him Oh, you don't He's saying you don't expect him to catch a ball. I think you mean Who are you talking about? Taysom Hill. Oh. Yeah. Not Teddy Bridgewater. Or Cam Newton. I was very confused. No, no. no. Taysom Hill um 
we will see him more as a utility. I, I, I would love to see him as a full quarterback, but it's not going to happen because of his skill set, and it's just better if you play him as a wild card. I think there's going to be some pretty high offers for Bridgewater. It's going to be hard to turn down a first-rounder for that guy if the Saints really need something. For you think a first-round is what you would offer for him? At least. Hmm. I mean, if he's proven to be a starting quarterback in the league. I think there's. What if they just trade Drew Brees right now? I mean, then then that's just a crazy hypothetical. <laughs> what if New England yeah. trades Tom Brady away? That would well, be great. Well, <laughs> I I heard an interesting interesting thing last night that Tom Brady has put his house in New England up for sale, and his main like his like entire team has pretty much been putting their houses on sale. So my theory is Tom Brady goes somewhere else next year. What does that even year. mean? Does that also Their mean whole the whole team, team is, will go somewhere else? Yeah, no, 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 just Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to go play for another team next year. That's my bold prediction of the day. It's, he will technically be a free agent for, I think, 15 minutes. No, and the then he's the going to go to... Well, no, like that's part of his contract. Let's pick somewhere fun. He's going to go to... <laughs> this is all just <laughs> is, spoilers. I can't even answer that because it's such a ridiculous <laughs> premise. But yeah, what well, would be a fun place to see Tom Brady retire? I mean, um, uh, Tom Brady's. Let's first, see him he's go. Retiring in New England. He's let's not go going see anywhere him else. play for uh, Indy for like two years. Yeah, I think Tom Brady. Now that he has the best defense in football, he's really enjoying his life not having to put up 50 points a game to win. He's finally made it to the to the coast zone. I just think bold prediction that he's going to be gone. Just as a reminder, the last time Jake made a bold prediction, this is what it sounded like. Wow. It nice. would be helpful if my phone were prepared. I was kind of prepared, <laughs> and then it stopped. No. Here we go. I'm picking the Jets. To win. Yes. Well, they didn't. No, they definitely did not. What was the but score last night? that's the point of bold predictions is that it's bold. <laughs> to get them horribly wrong. <laughs> you never know. They're bold predictions. They're supposed to be a once-in-a-million shot, and you're like, dang, that was really good. But it didn't pay off. Instead, Sam Darnold saw a ghost. <laughs> that was the funniest quote. Oh, I should have looked that up. We'll get there. Whatever. He, yeah, he that was rough. He sat down on the bench after his third interception, and he said, Man, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Yeah. To I think his head coach. And then Van Noy of New England was like, nah, he didn't say that. He said that? You can't say that. Yeah. Like, and, and, yeah, I'm just thankful that I have New England's defense on one of my fantasy teams, and they are carrying me. New England is the galactic empire of teams, and it just keeps getting stronger. I don't stronger. understand that analogy. It's Star Wars. <laughs> I understand that. They're an evil that. empire that's taking over everything. Oh, so they're the Yankees. Ruled by. I don't yes. think. I don't think taking is the right verb. I think it is. They have taken over everything. They have nicknames on Pro Football Reference. They're it literally ruling. says Cam Newton. It says Cameron Jarrell Newton parentheses Superman. Nice. That seems dumb. <laughs> that's what? Stupid. I protest Pro Football Reference. Why did we bring that up? Because I was looking, I was trying to find. Because I was trying to find Cam Newton's. Because you're talking about him getting traded. I was trying to find his contract, and he still has. He's through next year, and next year he's making nineteen million. That's a perfect time to trade someone then. Nineteen million. And then he's a. Unrestricted free agent after that. Good job winning MVP, Cam, because you uh, logged down that money for sure. He doesn't need to do anything else. Just put him on um. 
Put him on um, the Bears. Let's see him twice a year. That I, would be a like good destination for a good quarterback. I feel like Bears. we can beat him yeah. twice a year, though. Because they have a good defense, and they have a couple skilled guys around, but no how, quarterback. How I feel you? bad for Allen Robinson, who have gone, who's gone from the boat, Blake Bortles, to Mitch Trubisky. How would He's, you feel if Blake Bortles got traded to the Bears? I... I would be happy because then we'd have some good competition. We'd have another elite quarterback in the NFC North. Should we <laughs> review what Kirk Cousins has been doing lately? I still would rather have a sharp pencil sharpener than Kirk Cousins. Do you <laughs> explain? Oh, Kirk Cousins is a thief. A thief. He's stolen 83 million guaranteed money. Man, Brock okay. Osweiler was a thief. Uh, I like Brock Osweiler at least. Brock Osweiler, I like him. He um, <laughs> he finished his career with a solid 15 out of 15, and he has a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. Kirk Cousins does not. Yeah, he did not earn that Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I'd rather have. If I were to start a team right now, and you gave me the option of drafting Johnny Menzel or Kirk Cousins, I would have taken Johnny Menzel. Cousins' last three games. 306 yards, two touchdowns, 81% completion percentage. 333 yards, four touchdowns, 75%. 337 yards, four touchdowns, 70%. All ratings of 138 and higher. And that was against a Lions team that, that was Green Bay struggled heavily against. I still don't want them. The Giants, Eagles, and Lions, those three games. Still don't want them. Uh, you don't have to want him, but I, I feel like <laughs> saying, <laughs> saying if Blake Bortles shows I up would, and now yeah, there's another good quarterback. I'd rather have Blake Bortles than him. And you I'll don't consider say. Matthew Stafford a good quarterback? I think Matthew Stafford is a above-average quarterback. Above-average. Are you aware that Matthew Stafford just became the fastest player to 40,000 yards in NFL history? Congratulations. If you listen to the show, congratulations. I mean, as, as I, really, a, yeah. I really like Matthew Stafford outside of him being a Detroit Lion, though. I... Enjoy his story and the story about his wife and the whole Kelly Strong thing. I enjoy that a lot, but I don't enjoy him being a Detroit Lion. Yeah. I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I am very happy that Cousins is out of our division and that we only have to deal with terrible Redskins quarterbacks. So, I mean, Redskins have never. Good job, Minnesota, taking him away. Oh man, he took Minnesota the, or he took the Redskins to the playoffs. Yeah, but you like that. Those yeah, are my that favorite was, quotes of all time. You like that. Was that was he a wild card that year or was he in were no, they, they division won the division? Oh. Yeah. That was before the year before the Eagles. Mm. Nope, that was two years before the Eagles because Dallas won it. That was Dak's rookie year. We went twelve and four. So the year before that. The Redskins yeah. have just been plagued with terribleness. That's true. Happy to see I, it. they have no brightness in their roster right now. Except for that wide receiver. The young wide receiver, I uh, McLaughlin or yes, what? I was like, I think his name's Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. His first name Terry. Uh, it starts with it. I'm almost there. He has a bright future ahead of him if he can get out of there. If he can get out of there. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. 419 yards, five touchdowns. Not In bad. what? Six games? In six games. Yeah, he hasn't played a few. I thought he like set out one or two. Yeah. Six games played. Six games started. Out of their seven games. Has there been a podcast since Jalen Ramsey's trade? No. Yeah, we talked about it last week. No, we didn't. It happened on Friday. No, it did not. It did not happen when we were talking about it. We talked about it. We because we talked about the fact that the Rams have Bortles, Fowler, and Ramsey. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the triple the triple Jacksonville threat. It happens. So, how do you feel about his play uh, last Thursday? He was fantastic. Just stupid. I 
hate the Rams. Or left no, or Sunday. Sunday it was Sunday on Sunday. Morning. Yes, they played. Oh, because Thursday morning was the Broncos game. That was the, yeah. Thursday they night. played um, Broncos Chiefs. Where Atlanta in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Which fun fact about Atlanta Stadium? They have a Chick Fil A that is only open once a year. What? It's only well, it's no, it's just not open on it's, Sunday. It's yeah, just not but they only so play for like, a Falcons well, game. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of events it's that happen in the Mercedes Benz. Yeah, eh, that's where I'm pretty sure that's where Georgia plays their home games. Yeah, and they have a Georgia. professional soccer team that plays there too. Oh, really? Who? Yeah, that's gonna be the, the Atlanta Thrashers. No, no, that's that was their, the hockey team. Yeah, that was hockey team. I don't remember what they're. Yeah, I don't know. Much it about is? the MLS, right? MLS. <laughs> this is the first Wait, time. This is the, the first time the MLS is, has been Atlanta, brought up on Atlanta this United FC. Oh, they didn't even try. Yeah. So that's not even the FC then. That's because that's the one with the LA team. FC stands for football club. Okay, never mind. I'm done. That's football. That is that is football talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's forbidden. Showing our soccer ignorance. I love playing soccer, but I don't know anything about soccer other than the like. World Cups, I enjoy watching. Go England. England? Yeah, That's Harry Kane, man. <laughs> There's no way the U.S. gets in for men's. The most I mean, they had, except for last year. Harry Kane. <laughs> Yikes. He's great, though. He's got good hair. Remember when we watched <laughs> those games? Yeah. We woke up at like 4 Did we watch in the England? Morning. I don't remember what game we watched, but it was super early in the morning, and we were well because we Springs. watched we watched the final because it was uh, Croatia versus France. I don't know. Oh, look I don't at this! I got you guys on soccer. Yeah, what? Why would you do that? But we were there. Uh, we weren't there. I wish idiots. we were there. That'd be wild. Um, but we did watch that in Palm Springs at like four thirty in the morning. Do you have your uh, gardener segment prepared? No, I thought we were doing it on Thursdays. No. Oh. All right, well, um, this this Minshew Minute <laughs> will return in wait, two I days. Wait, I can pull up his stats for the week. How long is that going to take you? Um, I'm scrolling down to Jaguars right now. Right, how do you know Jaguars right now. How do you spell Jaguar? Uh, <laughs> J-A-G-U-R. No, there's an E. E-R. Jaguar. Uh, yeah, that's what I was, um, I was making fun oh, of. Oh, there's an A, okay. J A G U A R S. Gardner Minshew. What? Gardner Minshew went 15 for 32, 255 yards, and one touchdown, and they won. Gardner Minshew led a fourth quor- fourth quarter touchdown drive and put Jacksonville ahead to stay or to stay Sunday. Why? That's a weird worded sentence. Put put the Jaguars ahead to stay yes. on Sunday. And in Dockway. Returned a interception for 23 yards, which, because of Jalen Ramsey being traded... Are you going to quote your source so we don't get sued for... Uh, it was some guy on ESPN. Some know. guy on ESPN. Uh, oh, it's Associated Press. Boy, you um, really would have really heard about it. Um, they, um, yeah, that would have been wild if they sued us. We'd get a lot of publicity. Press, yeah. right, you guys? Oh, man, that's true, I guess. But who knows what those fines... Um, <laughs> Gotta pay a lot. <laughs> oh, fines. <laughs> oh, I thought you said like F I N D. I also heard oh, that. No, 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 no. I mean like money. Got um, it. We don't have any of that. Because of uh, Jalen Ramsey being traded away means that they're going to give him a big contract pretty soon. Who? Ndokwe. I thought you were talking about Minshew. I was like, you know they have fools, right? <laughs> He's oh, coming back. It doesn't matter. They, they're they going to keep Minshew until he messes up. Dang, fools forever just coming in at the end. That's going to be his <laughs> legacy. <laughs> 
Let somebody else take care of the regular season, and then Foles will come in and do everything at the Get end. Some rookie nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway, to answer your question, Ramsey played really well for most of that game. Julio had a couple of big catches, which I'm okay with because I love Julio, and it didn't hurt us because we ended up winning 37 to 10. But yeah, Ramsey's an intense dude. Every time he did something good, he was all up in Julio's face, and it was it got a little annoying after a while because I'm not that kind of person. I want Ramsey. But he. He was tight on him, and it was great. It was great to watch the Rams' defense and see a defensive back actually play good man-to-man defense. Unlike Marcus Peters, who we delightfully shift off. He that was. I don't think six. that was. It was a pick six. That doesn't mean it was yeah, a man so coverage. Played, I don't know what coverage he it was. He played pretty well. Actually, yeah, that's fine. He played good zone coverage for us too. He had an interception against the 49ers. I'm not saying Marcus Peters is a bad DB. He's a bad man-to-man DB, and so he can go do his own thing in Baltimore. And I'm totally fine having Jalen Ramsey. The snatcher of chains. Makes me happy. Keep <laughs> to leave. Yeah, to leave. No. Yeah. Who is hurt? Oh, well. I forgot he's on the team still. Uh, that's because he, like he's 45? always hurt. No, to leave. No. That was between to leave like and Peters, Bailey. wasn't it? Or was, oh, no, that was no, Crabtree. Crabtree Crab and to leave. That's right. Which Crabtree is not on a team. That's true. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah. Like Jim personally, Aaron uh, Rodgers. Like he's just gonna be yours. Yeah. Jake's, no. Jake's very sad that Emmanuel Sanders did uh, not end up on him. Green Bay. So my next uh, goal is hopefully we get AJ Green. Imagine Green and Green. Be great. <laughs> green and Green. Yeah. I mean, he's been. He. I, how many years has he played completely healthy though? That guy gets hurt. You know, every year, he, all the time. We, it's also part of playing in Cincinnati. Yeah. You just get wrecked. And you don't have the. Um, I don't know. They just why would you go back to that team with how they're playing? Personally, I went to Cincinnati last year for a game, and I kid you not, I bought a twenty-five dollar ticket and sat in the front row. I just walked down to the front. No one cared. I sat in the very front row, Broncos, Bengals, and uh, watched AJ Green and Emmanuel Sanders both tear their ACLs. It was oh, quite the wow. day. Oh man, <laughs> it was wild. That's rough. Yeah. That's because you didn't sit in your seats. You it's done. true. They knew. I mean, I don't care. They're the Bengals. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> they got the red rifle. Who is miserable. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Who is somebody who was talking about trading Andy Dalton? We were like, no one would take him. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind him as a backup. Exactly. If Tim Boyle was our backup. I don't, I don't know heard who that of Tim is. Boyle. Yeah, what? That'd be an expensive backup. Nah. We got money. <laughs> we have an AR and an AD then. <laughs> yes. Anyway, are we good on football? Do we have more I, football? I'm, I'm tapped. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, basketball season starts tonight. Heck yeah. yeah. It does. Both of you are wearing Lakers jerseys right mm-hmm. now. I yeah. didn't get, I didn't get bold, the memo. Bold prediction. The Lakers will be undefeated tonight. Well... So the difference between tonight. your bold prediction earlier is that it was not going to happen. This one and will this, happen. Uh, if it doesn't happen, we have good reason to be upset because the Clippers don't have Paul George, and we do have our whole team healthy and fine. Well, and knock, on, knock on wood. We don't have Kuzma. Oh, I guess that's yeah. true. That's the jersey I am currently yeah. wearing. I'm a big – I love Kuzma. Our LeBron James jersey on that I got from Kmart. <laughs> you can tell. It's It's comfortable. <laughs> I'm glad. Do you hear it over the mic? That how you purple can, it is? Yeah. What? It's like a purple. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's got some. I feel like it looks close enough to an actual one. It's like magenta. 
I'm, yeah. It's royal I mean, purple. I said, they should darker. They should beat this Clippers team. I mean, this Clippers team, they've got Kawhi. Man. Lou Williams, <laughs> man. Sweet Lou. <laughs> I love Lou. And Ivica Zubats. Oh, yeah. I mean, he knows our secrets. Yeah. So that might be an issue. Except yeah. half our team is different from last year. So yeah, not I was really. going to say, like, like, I mean, if anyone knows around. our secrets, it's going to be New Orleans. Oh, my God. We have our best. We have the best center crew in the entire game right now. Because of two JaVale guys? JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Were, oh. That's like two defensive all-stars. Fun fact, I actually met JaVale McGee when he played in Dallas. And I had, really? no, I had no idea who he was because he played in Dallas. We walked down to the court. He came over, signed a shirt, and I'm pretty sure we threw the shirt away. Cause oh, man. And now look Sorry, at that. He's starting center for the so Los ja- Angeles Lakers. JaVale McGee, if you're listening to this, I apologize. <laughs> Come back Feel and free. sign another yeah, one, and yeah. we'll take much better care of it. Apparel. If any of you know JaVale McGee and want to get him on the podcast, yeah, just we can out. make that happen. I would quite enjoy that. He's <laughs> a very tall man. Touch faith. Um, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to this basketball season because the Lakers look better than we've looked since Kobe days. So I'm looking forward to it because we don't know who's going to be in the finals. Yeah. Which is completely different Finally. than <laughs> the we last, do know. like, seven it's seasons. It's going to be the Lakers. It's not going to be Golden no, State. Because, I mean, they're still going to be competitive. So it could be the Lakers. It could be the Clippers. It could be Golden State. It could be Houston. It could be Utah. It could be I Denver. All of those Houston teams legitimately, I think they're a couple years away. Yeah. But... New Orleans will be up there very quickly. So it's just so spread out. And then on the east, it could be, uh, I don't know if it's going to be Toronto anymore, but it could be Boston. It could be Philly. I definitely see Boston doing something What about Brooklyn? Not without KD. Not Kawhi or uh, Kyrie's Uh, not enough? No. When does KD come? Is he out all year? Well, people think he's going to get a couple games in at the end of the year, but I think that would be a mistake. Um, But, yeah, he should be out all season. So... I don't know. Who do we think is going to be in the finals at the end of the year? Jake uh, clearly thinks the bold Lakers. Bold prediction. Yeah. Lakers. Celtics. Dang, I want we're the going to the big, old, the big rematch. I want the classic. Like Those are who I grew up watching in finals. They're going back to back. Going and fighting each other for this great series. And Oh, man. I would love to see that But, game. I mean, this and Celtics team is... <laughs> it's Jason Tatum, Kimba, yeah. Jalen Brown. They did get Kimba Walker. Yeah, I love Kimba Walker. Yeah, so I, I do like. I don't that. know. I think that they if I don't think the East is as strong as it is. So it's Milwaukee. Like, I didn't even say Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, like Milwaukee. Or uh, yeah, I could also see Milwaukee being in it. Cause, Philadelphia. Uh, I as much as Philadelphia has like these young guys who are great, I just don't think they have the playoff experience. Like, do you think they haven't been in enough times? I don't think that they have enough players who are ready to go a full game, seven-game series, like a full seven-game series in a finals situation. Because it's way different to go play in the finals than it is for the first-round playoffs. Because you're so tired at that point, you're so mm-hmm. worn down, and you really need the entire team to be playing well. And I don't know if they have that really. I don't know their bench to, that well. My prediction is probably going to be Houston and Philadelphia. That Rockets team is, I mean, now it's that going to be very interesting. Now that you got Westbrook I, playing back with Harden again, I hope that they are able to figure it out. And I don't it know. It sounds like they are. They are both yeah, really think, excited to play together. I think it will either go really well or Russ is going to get traded about halfway through the season. I don't see that happening. No. I think they 
could have done it. They chose this situation. Yeah. Like, Russ would not have come over if he didn't think it was going to work. What and I was skeptical about that, but now I read a Sports Illustrated article earlier this week. And it was pretty convincing. So I anticipate Houston being a Western Conference Finals team. Um, but I think the Lakers, even though I don't <laughs> – I want it and I don't want it. Like, I don't want this to have been successful because I don't like how we got here. But as a Lakers fan, like, I am still actively rooting for them. So, yeah. I, I mean, I hope the Lakers go to the finals. I, yeah. I mean, we if LeBron and Anthony Davis pl- both play more than 65 games and they're both healthy for the playoffs, I don't see how you stop that. You think just, Dallas can compete with Doncic and Porzingis? No, and not yet. They, those two are great. I'm currently wearing a Luka Doncic shirt because he's my favorite player in the league right now. Um, I think they'll be competitive, but I think they're – a seven or eight seed max. Uh, they don't really have much outside of those two, oh, and so everybody yeah. has two. And so if you take the top two of all the other teams, I think yeah. Doncic and Porzingis are kind of low on that. But Yeah, I found it very interesting that it used to be super teams, and now it's just like who duos. can be the better duos pretty Dynamic much. Dynamic duos. Yeah. They took oh, out like that, that third man element, I guess. Yeah. So I think Lakers-Sixers. That's what I'm going with. But I would not be surprised if Milwaukee did it. Well, <laughs> If it's not the Lakers, I really want to see Denver because I really like Nikola Jokic too. That guy is great. Um, the Joker. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm happy with so many of the other teams. I don't want Golden State. Out of it's, anybody, I don't want it's Golden gonna State. It's going to be a good year in basketball. Yeah. I'm actually fun. excited about it. It's broken pretty open. Yeah. Mostly. Just It's a bummer that Zion isn't playing for the first two months. Yeah. Especially because I'll be in New Orleans next week and I'm going to a game. And Cody's going to the home opener against the Warriors, which I found out it's actually the second game of the season. Oh, was, oh their second home game. It wasn't game? listed under SeatGeek. The first, the home opener wasn't, so that's why. It oh, that's appeared. weird. All right, well, still, but still, I got twenty four dollar tickets to see Warriors Pelicans. I thought it was a steal. Oh boy. No. <laughs> I mean, you'll see Josh Hart at the moment. At the time, things. it was a steal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pay close attention to the Pelicans this year because of, well, half of our, half of the Lakers of old. Lakers 0.5. Yeah. yeah. They, they have a few of our boys and I'm excited to see what Josh Hart can do. <laughs> I like how you pick out Josh Hart. Like, That's I'm excited to see what Lonzo does with Zion. I'm excited to see Ingram. Um, like Brandon Ingram. Josh Hart. Josh Hart is a very big Fortnite player and he streams and he has been in like the pro-am and stuff. So it's kind of like. I like this guy has a different like you can see a different side of him than just basketball. He's also a goofy guy who plays video games he's like, like Juju, like Juju Smith shoes. Yeah, like that. I I just like that he's a goofy guy that likes to do other things and he like makes it publicly known what he does outside of yeah basketball and, and yeah. And you got Brandon Ingram in a contract year. He's got to play well. Come back to the Lakers. That'd be wild. Yeah. I doubt it. No, not happening. Yep, there's no. JJ not after Redrick. LeBron got rid of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to come a back bad again. Blood. JJ Redrick um, already has made a statement. Oh, whatever. Made a big statement that if um, that Zion better not mess up, I'm going to use that word instead of the word he used, um, his playoff stat. Because hasn't he made the playoffs every single yeah. time he's been in the league? Every year. Which Redick is insane, actually. Good for him. But it's this is the year funny Redick. because a lot of those years were on the Clippers, and the Clippers were always so bad, but... They happened to be good when Reddick was around. Yeah, so hopefully um, and then Zion Philly can keep that and, uh, up. 
It's got to be up to other people besides no, Zion no. for the no, first Zion has start. to go in there and score 50 points a game so each game. Zion might come in a little bit too late. For or he's a bust. So the other thing that starts tonight is the World Series. Oh, yeah. Which a lot of you probably don't care about, but me and Cody <laughs> care. And Washington 5. In five? What? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not even trying to be a smart person. I just person. want I just want to be over so Garrett Cole can sign with the Angels. Watch Washington actually win in five and I would yeah, no. I I wouldn't even care. I'd be very happy. I was yeah. shocked that they swept the Cardinals. Oh yeah. So. But I mean tonight having Scherzer Cole tonight oh, it's gonna be so good. Oh that's a great I'm so I know. No, man. This is going to be a series the full of... Scherzer, the calico cat of humans, yes. versus Garrett Cole, the... Future angel. Future <laughs> angel, most <laughs> menacing pitcher you can go against during the... Since May, he's like 15-0, isn't he? Or like 19-0? I don't know. It's insane. He's, his record is really, really good. And I, I just can't... Like, he's made so many like subtle little tiny hints about going to the Angels, and I'm just so excited. But then, like, tomorrow is Strasburg-Verlander. Like, also <laughs> amazing. And then the next day is going to be Corbin Granke, right? The next, uh, the either Corbin injury. or Sanchez. Yeah. Who, last time Sanchez pitched, he had a no-hitter through seven, seven innings. So. It's gonna be, this is going to be, like, one of the most legendary pitching showdowns. Yeah. And both lineups are insanely good, at least one through six. Both teams are evenly matched. Um, Houston's a little deeper at the bottom, but I was like, they got. I think Yuri Gurriel's hitting like yeah. eighth, which I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm really glad that it's Washington because at the start of the season, I didn't expect Washington to be in the World Series, and they are. So it's hopefully they can do it. A lot of people didn't even expect them to be in the playoffs. Exactly, because they're Bryce. They lost Bryce. Well, yeah. They started 19 and 31. That yeah. wow. That's the start of their season, they were 12 games under. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> So this has been this has been quite a year. Oh yeah, but oh, I'm, this is gonna be a great series. I'm just relieved that the Dodgers aren't in it. Me I can too. watch baseball and not be terrified that I'm gonna have to listen to Dodgers fans for another year. That's how I feel about the Dodgers and the Yankees. So this was a win-win situation for me. Even though I know a lot of people that don't want the Astros to win because they're over that. I go. I don't want I don't the know. Astros. All these guys are great. They're good for the sport. Altuve, yeah. Bregman, and Springer, those guys are the best possible guys you can have be ambassadors for the sport, and it's great. Yeah. If you don't follow Bregman on social media, He's incredible. you should. Really Bregman is fantastic on social media, so yeah. get on that. Astros winning just gives Angels an excuse for not being in the playoffs. Like, oh, we would be in the playoffs, but... They've won two of the last three World Series. Good. This is... What are we supposed to do? We'll win this year. Oh, yeah? We're going to win the World Series? We're not even in the World Series this year. This no, in 2020. 2020? Yeah, that's... 2020 I think World Champions, the... We will be a playoff team in 2022. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That is my prediction. I'm Joe aiming Madden's for 21. Got, yeah. I'm aiming for 21. Madden's got a three-year contract. He'll get to the playoffs one of those years. Yeah. At least. We just need to get out of this pools contract. And my start my theory is real <laughs> things. Yeah. My theory is we'll start winning if we change our name back to the Los Angeles or no back to uh, the California Angels. I don't think the other love it. 28 teams in <laughs> California would appreciate. that. I would just now. love the California Angels back again. I'm like wearing Anaheim California Angels, Angels hats. Yeah, Anaheim so Angels were my favorite uniforms. I love the pinstripes. Those were so bad that they were so good. That's what made them amazing. <laughs> but the Disney, wings on when the Disney thing. owned them. Oh, I have to say when rough. Disney owned and they had the wings. I mean, I had that logo up in my bedroom for I a long time. I have hats of all of them pretty much. Yeah, yeah those are great times. Angels in the outfield. 
Yeah. But that was they were the California Angels for that. Yeah. I that. It's true that I think that was like right during the transition. All right, I think we're uh, we've covered all that. We have a guest, so let's talk to him about himself. Yeah. Um. Well, first, as the sports transition, you mentioned, and we we know the huge cowboy fandom. So we'll start there. Mm-hmm. How? So, why? Why am I a Cowboys fan? Yeah. Uh. So I mean, it's just a family thing. There's no crazy story. There's no big, like reveal. But my dad was a Cowboys fan as a little kid and. Raised us all, except for my brother Kyle as Cowboys fans. I mean, he raised my brother Kyle, but he <laughs> Kyle, Kyle went plans. a different path. <laughs> he went the Broncos path, and the rest of us stayed with Dallas, um, which is unfortunate because the last time they won a Super Bowl, I was about two months old. So I've known a lot of failure in my life, but I love Dallas. I go there every other year for a game because I love the city. I love the barbecue. I love the stadium. Everything about it is just... If you've never been to Dallas and if you've never seen that stadium, it's just, it is a big work of art. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, and even the inside is like an art installation. So what's your first question? Who's your favorite cowboy of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Um, I have a hard time with of all time. I go more eras. So like of the 70s era, I'm a huge, I love Bob Lilly. He was one of my favorite players, and I have a signed jersey from him. And then from the 90s era... You obviously have to go Emmett Smith because he's the best running back of all time. And then yeah, I know it's controversial, <laughs> but <laughs> as, a, Cal- as a Cowboys hate. fan, leading leader or leading rushing leader. And then uh, current era, I would say I was a huge Marion Barber fan growing up, but realistically, it's either Demarcus Ware or Jason Witten. Mm. Demarcus Ware was my favorite, and then he went to Denver and won a Super Bowl, and I was very happy for him. But Jason Witten has always been a cowboy, and I love that about him. I like Jason Witten. We, um, my mom went to um, Dallas a few years ago, and she got my aunt, who's a very big Dallas fan, a a like pack of uh, paper towels, and they were Jason Witten brand paper towels. Oh, and they just beautiful. had his picture all over it, and it was really funny. Oh, that's glorious. I want like some of those. Like a tote bag. Yeah. They'll keep everything clean. Yeah, no, I love Jason Witten because you know, like, he's going to catch the ball, but he's not going to run, which I think is hilarious. Like, catch and fall. He literally just timbers. So you know he's not going to drop a ball because he fumbled, I think, like, week four, and that was the first time he'd fumbled in, like, three or four years, which was pretty great. Well, he took last year off. So I'm, Yeah, unfo- we forget about that. We he, we don't need to talk about Jason Witten as an animal. not a great <laughs> – He's not roast. Not, not TV man. He's not Ramos Rodamas. Let's not put him on TV. What did you just say? Yeah, Tony Romo. That's his nickname because he could guess all the plays. I've not heard yeah, that, that as a name. that is definitely something I've never heard of either. pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know about that. It's definitely something. But, yeah, big Cowboys fan my whole life. I love – but, yeah, I love Witten. I love Ware. And then I didn't start becoming a fan of other teams until, like, until Brooke, my girlfriend, and I started dating, like, eight years ago. And that's when I got into the whole world of sports – Jacob rocked me with a statement one time. I don't even know if you remembered, but we were talking about like sports and all that, and I referred to myself as a sports fan, and he said, you're an NFL fan. You're not a sports fan. So from that day on, I needed to be well-versed in the world of sports. Hey. Yeah. So now I'm, an, I'm a Ducks fan for hockey. I'm an Angels fan for baseball, and then I am a Lakers fan for basketball. Yeah. We'll get to those in a sec. My other, my other question for like 
teams that we you don't have to just I like how Jake motions toward the air conditioner and says it's cold as if we haven't acknowledged this problem in the past on the show. You have the ability to get up. See, then he got up and did it. He took care of it. Um, My other favorite question in these situations is what is your either your favorite or your most memorable Cowboys moment of your living? I remember in 2006 when I was in Big Bear, the Los Altos – college group was up in Big Bear for like a college retreat and we were me and my mom and dad went up to visit and it was the playoff game Dallas against Seattle Seahawks and it was Romo's first year as our starter after taking over for Bledsoe and there was uh we were an extra point away from winning the game Mm. and uh the one and only Tony Romo fumbled the snap and we lost that game historically and that is like the most vivid memory I have of watching a Cowboys game it was just miserable. It was heartbreak. That was the first time I think I felt heartbroken by a loss from the Dallas. Yeah. It's pretty okay. memorable. That's rough. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But favorite, I don't have, like, a favorite moment. Yeah, I've seen them play yeah, a lot of times. I've, like, every anytime Dallas comes to Southern California, I love to go out and watch them play and see what they got. And Yeah, I don't have, like, a favorite standout moment. But, um yeah, definitely that that win against Seattle in the playoffs last year was sweet. A little bit of redemption. But Do you dislike Tony Romo? I have never been a huge Tony Romo fan. <laughs> I was never on board. Yes, I acknowledge his greatness historically and statistically, but for me, until you win something, you can't really be proven to be one of the best. Like People put him in the categories of like the top echelon of quarterbacks, which... I mean, passing yards, yeah, he was great. He did a lot of good things, but you never won. He never, which is funny, too, because he was also regarded as a clutch quarterback because he had a lot of game-winning drives. He just he only never. Had, he only had one season with a record worse than 500. Yeah, but, I mean, but. he had a three-in-a-row eight-and-eight seasons, which weren't great. I remember that because yeah. I think it was Giants, Eagles, and Redskins each won the division in the last game against us. To put us eight and eight. That's rough. Des Bryant, one butt cheek equals two feet. It was that game where he was out by a pinky, I think. Oops. But yeah. No, it's there was a lot of rough years. But I'm a huge I mean, I'm out with the old and with the new. I love Dak. Rumble's gone. He's a great analyst. I respect what he did for Dallas, but didn't win us the Super Bowl. So then you mentioned the three other teams, Lakers, Angels, Ducks. How did those so Lakers is probably the team that I've been like least invested in historically. Like I like to follow them, especially when it gets to postseason. But when I was little, my sister Kimberly was a huge Laker fan. So I remember watching the three Pete when I was a little kid and then Oh nine when we won again. And well, we won Oh nine and Oh yeah. Well, cause we won June of Oh nine. And then I think we won in Oh seven. I, well, cause were they both against the Celtics? They're yeah. both against the Celtics, yeah. And then the Celtics won in that range also. In 08, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have I like the Lakers. I follow them, especially when they're good. I would be considered more of a Fairweather fan, but I still like to root for them. And then for Angels and Ducks, it's because the aforementioned Brooke, her family has had season tickets to the Angels since the 70s. And when they started taking me to games, I just rooted for them because, you know, got to get in with the – with the girlfriend's family. you got to yep. make a good impression. And then Ducks, I started really watching them when we started dating. But, I mean, I loved the Mighty Ducks when I was little. My 
family claims that they liked the Kings when I was little. I don't. I have no record of that. But go Kings, go. Yeah, no. Uh, and then the Ducks. So I mean, I liked him as a little kid, and then when I got older, it just fit pretty easily. And we're having a pretty good year this year. I'm pretty happy about it. Good start. I know. I'm really happy with <coughs> with our young roster and Gibson playing really well. We're off to a good start with a new coach, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Unlike, unlike the Kings. Does, we are not. It happens. I was trying to see what makes me happy. How the standings look. But yeah, so Ducks are probably it goes ranking of importance. It's probably Cowboys, Ducks, Angels, Lakers. Ducks and Angels are pretty close, but I was going to say I would have put Angels higher than Ducks for you. Uh, I mean, last year I was rough, so they kind of lost my love a little bit. But <laughs> it's that fair weather stuff. I know, I know. But I've met every player on the Ducks team. Not the current one, not yet, but. I just have each year I go to the fan fest and meet them, so I have more of a connection with those guys, I guess. That's funny. Yeah, I forget that. Hey, that I mean we're uh, we're tied with San Jose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what like terrible. two and six or something? Three and five. Get yeah, your stats that's right. close. Yeah. Care you guys about are only six and three. Only. You guys <laughs> played one more game than us. You guys have played nine games. We've only played eight, so we have plenty of time. Good to math. Back up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Do you have any questions about his sports history? Um, who is this your favorite fandom. angel of all time? Oh, my favorite angel of all time? It's either going to be Tim Salmon or Mike Trout. It's mm-hmm. one of the two. Garrett Anderson has moved up on the list. When I got, I've met, so I've met all three, and out of the three, Garrett Anderson was probably the most friendly to me. Tim Salmon was really nice, but he was pretty busy. And then Trout was obviously very busy because everyone wants his attention. But Garrett Anderson I actually talked to for a little bit, and he was a really nice guy. Talked to Chuck Finley a little bit. He was also really cool, so I like Chuck Finley. He's a great pitcher. Yeah. So, yeah, either Trout or Salmon, though. Got to go with the Fish Boys. Cody used to work for Disney and did a lot of really cool events in the Anaheim area. I Uh, did. I worked at ESPN Zone, hence the meeting sports people. Because they tend to come in when you are the only place to do anything other than Disney and Anaheim. Yeah. And then, do you want, should I talk about the stadium tour? Is that the... Yeah, is that one of, Yeah, I'm currently... Go for it. I'm currently going around the country. I do two stadiums a year, going to each NFL stadium. And so this year... You're like halfway done now, aren't you? Pretty yeah, close. Yeah, I've done 16. Yeah. I've done 16. This year's New Orleans. I want to get out to Tennessee, too. I like to go where it's cheap. So, like, I'd love to go to Miami because those tickets are really cheap right now. Tennessee's pretty cheap right now. So one of the two. But, yeah, New Orleans is one I've been looking forward to a long time, and that's this weekend. So I'm very excited, very pumped to go see uh, possibly Breeze play again this week. I'm not sure yet against Kyler Murray, against the new rookie. If um, you get tickets to Green Bay anytime soon, let me know because <laughs> I'll go with you. Yeah, Green Bay is one that's going to – I have to wait. There's a couple that I have to wait till people retire. I have to wait till Brady retires for Foxborough because tickets are crazy. I'll probably have to wait till Rodgers is gone for Green Bay. Cause That's going to be like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to be done with this thing by like, by the time I'm 32. So I got a little bit. I got eight more years to get that done. Yeah. So I'm done with 16. I've done everything in the West. Now I'm moving East. <laughs> what is your favorite like so far? Um, or the Dallas. They're different categories. Dallas, I think, is like the most beautiful stadium. Like. Even if you're not a Cowboys fan, it's just very visually appealing. And then Seattle's fan base, 
is the best fan base I've experienced in sports. Like they are all super passionate and super kind. Like they're not like they're not just shouting profanities or they're not like yelling at kids, which I've seen happen. Um, like they're really respectful. They I was at a preseason game and they it was like it was a it was like it was a playoff game. Like they're so loud. That's not just like first for show. Kansas City is the same way. Kansas City's tailgate is the best tailgate I've ever seen. It's literally just miles of smokers and oh me <laughs> like incredible. It's pretty amazing. And then my least favorite is gotta be Qualcomm was terrible. Qualcomm in San Diego was awful. Oh, I liked it. Little flags all around. <laughs> that was yeah. It had like the flag of every Those team. Those were so cool. But the tailgate yeah, was okay. terrible. The yeah. fan base is horrible, and Qualcomm was just a big concrete death trap. Also very similar to Oakland. That was my first NFL game was a preseason game between the Cowboys and Chargers. Yeah. And I had a LT jersey on, and it's pretty cool. And um, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yes. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Wait, no, no, no. Lawrence Taylor? You were no, wearing no, no. a <laughs> I had a Sean Merriman jersey. Oh, oh lights out. Lights out. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's who it was. Um, I didn't know anything about football. I was like six. It was pretty fun, though. I don't remember nice. anything about the game. Um. But, yeah, they had the flags. That's what I remembered most was the flags all the way around, and I thought yeah. that was really cool. The flags and the circular walkways, that's, like, the only good things about that stadium. But, uh, yeah, no, Qualcomm, I'm I'm happy they moved. I'm sad they moved to L.A. They didn't need to come here, but it is what it is. What LA is stadium. the best? It's going to be next. No, what's, what's up? What is the best stadium food you've ever had out of any sport or anything? Just what's the best thing? The best thing ate. in anyone, um, Seattle had this thing called the Double D Dangerous Dog, which was like a fat hot dog with, well, that was, there's like music playing if you can't hear it in the background. Uh, it was a hot, like a huge hot dog with like multicolored Fritos that were green and purple or green and blue and then mac and cheese oh. and like jalapeno, all this different stuff on there. It was great. And then, uh, I mean... They're just barbecue. Tailgating at Kansas City is the best food that you'll get. It's just crazy. It's hard to compare. And then with the Eagles, I got to go to the Players Lounge, which had really they had oh, like free yeah. beer. I, about food. That. I went as a guest of an Eagle, which is I as you know I hate the Eagles, but I had to wear an Eagles jersey just because it was my friend and he got me tickets. So what Eagle do you know? Uh, he doesn't play for the Eagles anymore. His name was Brian Brayman. Is Brian oh, Brayman? But he he played on the the Super Bowl winning say, he team. He won Super Bowl, didn't he? He did. Is he, he with a team now? No, he is. I think currently getting. He just got licensed as an insurance or as a real estate agent. So oh. go Brian. Yeah, there you go. Well, you go Make Shout life out. happen anyway. Uh, he's still yeah. massive. Yeah, he's a huge human being. He went to Long Beach City. That's how we met him. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, my sister knows. I don't know if she knows him, but she knows a guy who knows him, and that's why she cheered for him. Yeah, during that Super Bowl. That tends to happen. I've seen with like famous people, as everyone like knows somebody who knows. Yeah. The, you get the connections. But yeah, that was a fun experience. Even though it was Philadelphia, we had a lot of those crab fries from Chicky and Pete's. Those are like their specialty. That's not wait. Yeah. Like what? What's a crab fry? Like what it's like eat? fries with like crab seasoning. Oh, right? yeah. that sounds incredible. It's pretty good. <laughs> I also love food, so everywhere what? I go, I post That's about food. That's why I asked. I should have. If you'd like to see this, you can go. My Instagram handle is at the real secrets. 
on Instagram, I post all of my stadium stuff and food and all that. So because the fake seeker. I was going to say, bad. is there a fake <laughs> one coming <laughs> around? <laughs> I used to, I used to be the NFL experience, and I had that tag for a while, and I changed it for a second, and then the NFL took over it, it took it over, and then Blue checked it, so I couldn't get it back. Oh wow! So I should have kept, I should have held on to it. Maybe could have gotten some money for them for mm-hmm. that. But uh, yeah. Lesson learned. If you come up with a good relevant instagram or social media handle in general or so, website hold so on to that yeah if you have make like, them buy it off you if you have like i know brad pitt doesn't have an instagram go make a brad pitt <laughs> oh i'm sure there's a million of oh, yeah. different brad pitt ones the brad bradley I am the bradley brad pitt or it's like people who like they have the first version of so like if somebody on instagram is just at jacob or yeah. like there's yeah. people so the person who is at cody is actually cody johns who is was a huge Viner social media person. Which is and also my name. I'm uh, Cody John. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. John is Cody's middle name, but then Cody John's. And he had, he played Ultimate, and I know him. But that's just funny how that happens. So go get yourself a unique handle and sell it to a major corporation for lots of money. That's a good investment opportunity. Amen. Good luck. <laughs> okay, enough about that stuff. Let's talk about life. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so how did life Freaking begin? Out a little bit. <laughs> no. How did um, life begin? <laughs> uh, so quick rundown. I've given very brief accounts, but quick rundown of your family. What's it look like? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What do your family members do? Yeah. Uh, my family is me, my mom and dad, Chuck and Katrina Kurtz, who... I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably know who they are. If you don't, they, they go to Los Altos also. My sister, I'm the youngest of four. There's Kimberly, Devin, Kyle, and then me. Um, and then, yeah, Kimberly is the oldest of the bunch, and she's always out somewhere and traveling and going new places. Devin is our talented brother and our best-looking brother. <laughs> who He's a singer. He's a professional song artist. He just got married which was awesome. It was him and Elisa. I mm-hmm. think Jacob talked about it like the first show. Yep. And then Kyle and Taylor, who have Bear, my the newest little addition. So just the youngest of four, always kind of grown up with the little brother complex, very competitive. We're a very sports-oriented house. Um, we love all things sports. NFL is definitely like what our family circulates around. But, yeah, what was the other thing to – what do they do? What did what did what was growing up like? Yeah, where growing did up you was, go to school and stuff? Growing up was good. I started. I grew up at this church here that we're in in Bob's office at Los Altos, and I was there from birth until like my eighth grade year, which is when I went over to Grace Long Beach, and I was there for the last ten years, and I worked with middle school group there, and I was involved in all the different high school groups and college group, and then. This year, I'm over to I'm we've I've been going to Soundhouse a couple of times, which has been fun, and just kind of bouncing around, seeing the right fit for me. And just I don't believe that like someone necessarily has to be at one church their whole life because you get a variety of people talking into you. You have different pastors that are giving you different messages. It's really nice to get that variety. Um, but yeah, I grew up in private school. I went to private school from kindergarten to ninth grade and then I went from Valley Christian in ninth grade to Lakewood High School where I played volleyball. I was a center blocker or a middle blocker 
uh, for Lakewood High School and then for Highline Volleyball Club. And I did that through high school. And then when I graduated, I I hung up my <laughs> hung up my volleyball shoes. <laughs> and I am now I just finished my credential process to be a elementary school teacher. So subbing around right now and hoping to find a permanent job next year. Yeah. What's the best school you've subbed at so far? I I'm only right now with a couple of districts, but I've loved Los Al Unified a lot. Like McAuliffe has been really fun to sub at. Los Al for life. Yeah. McAuliffe was great and then I was just at Magaw yesterday. Magaw was really fun. They have good kids. And it's right by the beach, which I love. Yeah, that's a good yeah. school. And then I preferably would teach third, fourth, or fifth grade. I taught kindergarten yesterday, which, I mean, Aww. they're cute, Yikes. but they're but crazy. Really teach. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You can't, yeah. like, just give them something and say go. Was what did a- you do for a kindergarten class? Uh, I didn't do I was only half day. So we just did, like, a quick little, like, letters, like, a letter recognition lesson. And then I sent them to, like, learning centers where they did their own individual work for a little bit while I prepped for the teacher. I did a... I cut out, like, bats that she was doing for a craft the next day. How many kids were in the class? How many students were Yesterday, there? Yesterday, there was probably, like, 25 students. And you had a helper? No. What? No. It's you taught an entire 25-student kindergarten class I mean, my student yourself. taught a 35-student fourth-grade class by myself. Well, yeah. that's different that's than kindergarten. More, they're a little more competent yeah. than... Yeah. I mean, yeah, kindergarten... It's 25 is definitely a big class. They have aids around if you ever need it. Um, one lady came and like took kids to do. They have like their gardening area, so she would pull kids out to do gardening. But I never really needed it. They're really good kids, so it didn't feel like I needed an aid. But I yeah, it's the little kids have grown on me. Like little like the younger ages have been. I didn't used to like it. So many at once though, with no help. I mean, it helps also to be. It's just I'm a six five man who is kind of intimidating to little kids, so that definitely helps. I just uh, we watched a video in my class this morning, and it was one guy like trying to operate with just like six kids around him, and like five of them were going nuts, and he was by himself. Well, yeah. If you have none, yeah. If you have kids with behavioral issues, then yes, it feels like you are. It's going to be tough. If you have kids who are, like, on the autism spectrum and you have no aids, then it's just a miserable time in that classroom because you're trying to help everyone learn and you can't help anyone learn. So why the passion for teaching? Uh, It's just kind of in my blood. It's my mom's a teacher. I've grown up knowing her as a teacher. She has taught middle school for the last 20 years. Um, And it's something I'm good at. Like, I have talents but i have realized through the end of my college career that my biggest talent is that i can just like run a group i can get in front of a group and i can make it happen i can make things go smoothly and then i transition to teaching because um i mean being real the major was not the most difficult like i looked through my class schedule and for me personally i looked through it and i said like this is easy for me like i understand these classes I'll be able to bang this out quick, which I did, um, and then I can just get get going and find a good job. I could have summers off. I love the schedule of teaching because it's, I mean, people, this is what we grew up doing. We grew up going to school or going Where to work for a certain time. Used to having time. certain months off and hanging out. So, like, going from that to working at Disney where if you've ever worked for Disney or know someone who does, you just don't get any time off. 
at all, especially during the summer and especially during holidays. So going from Disney to a classroom where I'm like, oh, like I can plan things on the weekends again. Oh, I can plan things during the summer again. Um, it sucks right now as a sub because I don't get paid during the summers, but that'll hopefully change soon. So we'll see how it goes. When when did you first realize that skill of being able to like control a room? Um, being a Kurtz, we are very personable people, and we're able to get in front of big groups easily. So I mean, I've been used to getting on a stage in front of people since I was like in fourth or fifth grade and being comfortable. But I didn't realize that I could control a room probably until like my sophomore, junior year of high school when I was doing work with the high school group and I would help with games and I'd learn like, oh, this feels good. You guys have to listen to me. Like, I love this. <laughs> the power. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. So ideally, what does the rest of like your life. career look like? Not overall life. We'll get <laughs> yeah. to more life stuff, but in terms of just like career path. Ideally, it would be get a job in a good district. LaSalle Unified is my number one that I want to get a job in because they're a good district and the pay is really nice. Um, good job, LaSalle. Yeah. Uh, for life. They don't pay subs well, but they pay their employees well. Um, so get a job in a good district. Once I've hit tenure, hopefully after like five or six years, when I know that I have job stability, go and get a master's in uh, integrating technology into the classroom. That's my desired master's that I'm going to do. And then, uh, yeah, do that for as long as I can. And then my girlfriend right now is in school for physical therapy, so she'll get out with that, and she'll be a physical therapist, and it'll be a grand old time. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions in that panel? Um, did you have said teachers that you looked up to and now you see yourself kind of basing the way you teach after them? That's a good question. Uh, I are bad teachers and you're doing opposite. I've had a lot of bad teachers. <laughs> I've had a lot of good teachers too, but, um, my junior year history teacher was great. He was awesome. I never had an elementary school ma male teacher, which I definitely saw a huge lack of that when I started getting into that world. Um, I loved all my elementary school and middle school teachers. Like I had a great time. They were all really good. They, it was small class sizes, so it's easy to be good. And I was generally like a good kid. I was a good student, so like I never had issues with teachers. So I mean, I had a lot of good ones. The bad ones I had really shaped me more than the good ones, unfortunately. Like I saw what I don't want to be. I saw mm -hmm. my. It was my senior year English teacher. Like, I saw that I did not want to be someone like that, that, like, yelled at her kids. I mean, there's times where things she she said inappropriate things to students. I don't want to, like, put anything yeah. on blast. But, no, good. like, it was just one of those not that, like, <laughs> it was just not a good situation. And I saw, like, oh, kids don't learn in this. Like, kids just resent their teachers. And I wanted to be, like, that teacher who could kind of mix a little bit of, like, stern, still having fun. And... Uh, now with, yeah, now with the like the whole autism spectrum being more in the forefront of things, it's been a lot more. Not I don't want to. It's challenging yet, like satisfying in the sense of like you have kids now that you, for years and years and years we just thought they were lazy or that they didn't want to do the work and now we're like we cracked the code like we yeah. know how to interact with these kids so. I've been reading like a lot of Ron Clark and kind of getting kids engaged. He's a really big teacher. 
um, over in Georgia, and he has a lot of fun methods, and I just want to be like a teacher like that. Even though I've never met that teacher, he is one that definitely, like, he is the gold standard, yeah. yeah. Uh, there are other questions formulating in my head around that. Because, like, I also taught for a little while. Um, and so looking back, there are a lot of things that I would be like, man, I would do, I would attempt to do this much differently. What's like one, so the autism thing was really good because that, yeah, like you said, that is a new, it's a newer thing that we've been more informed with in society and have done a much better job addressing and providing for in recent years. What's like another thing that you see in the education system where you're like, this needs to change, and I want to, like that, I'm intentionally going to do my best to affect it, at least in my own classroom. Um, so there's two things in education that, like, have really, the thing outside of the classroom that really has bothered me is the process to become a teacher is yeah. really, it's just expensive and not, like, necessary. It's really inefficient because it's almost, didn't, like it's almost discouraging teachers yep. from becoming teachers. Like you have, if you have gone through a teaching process, you know, you have to a get your bachelor's in. It doesn't have to be in something, but if you want to teach little kids, it <laughs> has to be. If it's not in something, it complicates the process. Yeah. Even. Like it has to be like early childhood development. If you want to teach like kinder, it has to be something more specific. Um, but then you do your credential program where you do five methods, which, I mean, are fine if that's all that, that it was. Like, if you only had to do the five methods and then student teach, that would be great. But then you have to do three. You have to take the C-Best, which um, if you don't pass the C-Best, you shouldn't be a teacher. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry if you are listening that's to this and you haven't taught the C-Best or passed the C-Best. Soph sophomores in high school can pass the yeah. C-Best. And then there's three tests called the C-Sets, which are all like your content exams. So it tests you if you know the content well enough, which... Yeah, you should. Like, if you're going to be a teacher, like, pass those three tests. It's challenging. It's challenging, which is... Good. It's good. Like, you want to make sure your teachers are ready to go. But then yeah. you have to take this stupid test called the RECA, which I have vented about to my whole family because it's the only test in my life that I have failed more than once. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never failed the test more than once, um, in like, even with, like, a lot of studying. So I failed it three times, and then on the fourth time, I finally, like, I took a little more action. I went, I like, went out, drove out to L.A., took a class all day, came back. I took it the next day. Um, and there was also, like, a lot of weird things surrounding my RECA experience. Like, I had a really bad, like, I had, like, I was student teaching for one of them, and I got, like, I had a really bad lesson, and I was being reviewed that day. So that, like, threw me off. So, like, there was a lot that went into it. Um but, I mean, uh, the state of California has to realize, like, you have these teachers take their methods classes for a reason. Like, if they pass the method, they have shown that they're competent, yeah. that they can do it. So why keep testing them and keep having them pay 100 to $180 per test? It just it shows that California is more interested in the money than actually spitting out good teachers. My entire process just felt like they just give you a ton of busy work and they just want you to prove that you are willing to do a ton of work and that's what it that's going to make you want to be a teacher. Yeah. But I saw so many people just get burned out yeah. by all the stuff they had to do. So you're having good teachers who are passionate about it who just want to get in a classroom and actually positively affect children and 
give them you know the mm-hmm. knowledge they need and they just have to do all this stuff and they just don't want to deal with it and they do something yeah. else and it's a huge bummer so i'm like yeah if you, all that's really necessary take your methods classes pass them student teach and turn in your your tpa your teacher performance assessment yeah. once you done like once that's done like you have shown that you can teach like that is something you have invested time in yeah um and to the sense that like student teachers like maybe we want to start looking into compensation for them because <laughs> instead of having to take months off of work and yeah because i mean i had to leave disney to do my student teaching and i loved that job and i understand that it's what i had to do it's like an internship but there's people i know i only had to do mine for 13 weeks i know someone who did theirs for a year and like student Dang. teaching for a year would just be miserable like you're yeah there's no consistency in your life which sucks um I mean, there's plenty of things that if we really care about teachers that our state can start doing and that we can, I ultimately want to help affect that change when I get into my later years, maybe getting into more administrative work and working on the the legal side of things. But yeah. Was there, you said there were two, so I don't know. The second one is going to be more like we need a lot of, we continued support in classrooms for kids who have learning disabilities. Like, I've seen or learning disabilities and behavioral issues because learning disabilities now you now teachers no longer can just like push them to the side and say like oh they're just being lazy blah 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 they we have help for that we have different classes we can send kids to that will help for that um for behavioral issues teachers it's still a big issue like kids who have grown up in low socioeconomic households not always, but tend to give more problems in the classroom because maybe they don't have yeah. the lack of respect being shown in home or maybe that they just haven't learned it yet, which is very much the possibility. Yeah. Um, but still, teachers look at that as a huge hassle, and they look at it like this kid needs to be punished, they need to blah, blah, blah. Like, whereas in real life, these kids need to be shown that uh, – need to be shown that – there's more to it that they're not just bad kids that they can that they can learn just like every other kid and that they can stay in the classroom and not get punished every five minutes yeah mine's a question about teaching um how is your handwriting terrible oh (laughs) how do you like have you practiced trying to make it better or do you just type everything I mean, yeah, with today's age, like, I don't need to write that much. Yeah. I just write, like, if I'm just writing, like, grading stuff, it's fine. Like, okay. I can, like, my numbers are not bad. If I'm writing and really, like, focusing, if I know people are reading it, I'll take my time. But if it's, like, really quick hand stuff, it's not great. But for the most part, you just type stuff. Everything's done on on Google Classroom or electronic uh, mediums. Yeah. That's good then. <laughs> it is nice. It's, because I, I'm happy. It's like that was like one thing that like I was like, man, like all my teachers normally have really good handwriting. Like, what if they didn't? <laughs> like, imagine how bad. Like, <laughs> I think it's almost like endearing to kids when the teacher has bad handwriting. It's like, like, oh, us too, as in kindergartners, <laughs> oh, can't write too. So don't worry, it doesn't get it better. It doesn't kids. have to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't expecting to to just have a whole thing about teaching that was really cool we could go on it's a big problem i mean yeah we have three people who have had some experience in teaching in some sorts yeah i imagine being a history major you'll probably want to teach yeah that seems like it it's kind of the only thing you can do with a history major i was a history major since we pumped you up so much about (laughs) how great teaching is yeah (laughs) 
And I have bad hand readings, so now you kind of just gave me a little more encouragement that I can also oh, good. do something. There you go. That's great. Um, so you kind of introed it a little bit in terms of the church discussion, but going even further and earlier than that, describe your faith process, like from from a little kid to like, because you grew up in private school, you grew up in a Christian school and going to church all the time. Um, what what was that like? What was it like at home? What was it like with older siblings? What was it like with your parents and teachers and friends? Like, what did it look like for young elementary school Cody? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a pretty, like, stereotypical Christian household. Like, we go to church every Sunday, go to private school, so we learn about the Bible every day, essentially, in our classrooms. Um, so, I mean, it was never too challenging to follow God as a little kid. I didn't really find it challenging to follow God until like high school, until later on when I was at Valley Christian and I went there and I just like, I just went there and I didn't feel like I was being challenged anymore. Like I didn't feel we had just gone on a trip called Urban Dunk with our high school group, which is where we spent a week in San Francisco serving in different uh, low income areas of the city to put it nicely. Um, and I got back and I just realized like, Oh, like this is like my faith shouldn't look like this. My faith shouldn't be just going to Christian school every day, looking at it as homework and not like studying God's word. Um, so that's when I transferred to Lakewood and that's when my faith got a little more real and got a little more personal. And because I wasn't being surrounded by Christians every day, I, there was times where I wasn't acting very Christian because it's tough too when you're in high school and kids want to do like crazy things and like sneak into fun plays and like yeah. so I mean there's those times where you get challenged and I am thankful for those times because it showed me like it showed me the despair that can happen it showed me the joy that can happen yeah. and the big the range of mm-hmm. emotions you can feel as a Christian and then and yeah in college it's definitely your faith gets a lot more real because you no longer like have to go to church, I guess. It was always kind of like a non-negotiation in my house. Like you're going to church. It's like we're going as a family. And I never felt anything weird about that. And then college, you kind of feel like, oh, like maybe I can sit and watch the Cowboys game this week. And from now, from time and time again, like that's okay. I don't like that. Yeah. But uh, like kind of taking that upon myself to be more active in my own faith and it's, t- it's tough. There's times where I see, like, my siblings, and I think we have all fluctuated in our um, relationship with God. We've all been in different pits, as everyone has. And so it's tough, like, when you see someone you're close to maybe struggling or maybe doing something that you think they shouldn't be, it's easy to get sucked into that because it's family, but it's also kind of staying on the straight and narrow. Um, so it's never really been too much of a challenge. I know it's not an interesting story. I don't have that big come to Jesus literally moment yeah. where I'm like, oh, I see the light. But it just happens over time. It gradually happens. And if you're listening to this and you feel the same way, you don't need to have like a crazy story. It's okay. Like you, it doesn't make you less unique. So would you say that that high school experience was like the turning point for you? Or was there a time that you remember younger when you took ownership of your faith like what was was there a moment when you were a kid when you decided 
I believe in Jesus, I'm giving my heart to Jesus that you distinctly remember? Or was it like the day you got baptized? Or is it something in between? Like what? Yeah, was, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. And I like, I've heard that talked about a lot. I honestly like have never, I've never felt that. Like I have always known that like I am a Christian, like my life belongs to God. Like there's been times where I feel closer to God and there's yeah. been times where I'm like, um, there's times where I'm definitely feel a stronger relationship with God and that I can see, we can call it a turning point where I, I find out a pre, like a piece of my personality that I want to continue with. But as far as like being a Christian, as far as like having a relationship with God, it's just been pretty steady. Like it's been con- pretty consistent. Like people, the way I can describe it is like my height. Like people go like, oh, when did you hit your growth spurt? And I just go like, I mean, I was always just kind of tall. Yeah. Like I was always kind of tall for my age and I just continued going until I stopped growing. Um, but yeah, it's, that's how I'd Hopefully put it. your faith doesn't stop growing. I know. I realized that as I was saying it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. So what? what is... What were a couple, so yeah, so you didn't have this like big overarching moment, but where have there been times when you have like really felt God's presence where like his role in your life, you were really like, okay, like that was really cool that God, like that really helps me in my faith right now experiencing that, like any of those kinds of moments? Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of times, especially like when we've gone on missions trips where you see people who are like in the worst positions and like the lowest of low. And you can see like there was times where we'd be in the food kitchen and a simple like joke or something that would like kind of made them feel human would just spark. And like, you'd see their face light up and they'd look happy and they'd look just genuinely glad to be there. And that would be a time where like, I would see like that. I would feel that like with God and I'd feel that like spark to be on fire for God. Like you're really pursuing something that is, part of his will and like making people feel happy and making people feel like seen. Um, and that would be more, it would be more of those times like in service, which is why I don't know why I don't serve more often. <laughs> like I'm so lazy when it comes to like going out and serving. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I feel great when I do that. But like, Oh boy, I don't want to leave. Like I'm like, Oh shoot. I talked to Brooke and I was like, Oh, maybe like on, I don't know if it was like Thanksgiving or something. I was like, I think it would be really cool if we start like serving at these different places. And we're like, yeah, we feel so great after. And then it like comes to like Saturday and we're like, no, I think we'll just like go to the movies or we'll do something <laughs> like it's just not there. So, I mean, it's I yeah, service has definitely been a big part of my relationship with God and feeling that spark and joy. Um, and I need to get back into it and I need to really dive into it because you feel so good after and it really wards off. I know it sounds silly, but like it wards off mental health issues. It wards off depression and like those different things that you may feel when you're alone and when you're not active. Um, Cause I mean, that can definitely set in when you're inactive for a long time. So doing things that you know are for a greater good, like serving has definitely been the, uh, the biggest part of my relationship with God. So you have served in a couple of ways, maybe not directly like that, but you talked about earlier being in youth ministry um, mm-hmm. up until pretty recently. What led you to that? What did you? What was your experience like in it? How did that help you develop your faith? What were your like pulls from that? Yeah, um, what led me to it was 
I worked, I was the intern for the high school group my senior year because I was really, I loved the group a lot. I felt a really strong connection to it. I felt a kind of responsibility to lead in it. Um, I was really close to the high school pastor, so it was easy to work with him. And then when I got out of high school, I took a break from leadership in the church realm. And I just took a couple of years to work and just to be a part of a group and not to be leading in it. And then I started doing college group leadership in 2015 or 2015 or yeah, 2015. I started on college group leadership. I got really close with them. Um, I loved college group leadership and I felt that sense of responsibility also, even for people who are older than me, just responsibility to make sure everything goes well. Cause I know how to plan things. Like it wasn't necessarily the faith part. I wasn't like changing people through prayer. Yeah. Like I wasn't, but my responsibility was more like making sure things are run smoothly. Creating the space so other people yeah. could. And then we had a guy named John Olson come to the church and he is married to one of my previous high school leaders. His name was Jessica Olson now. Um, and I really admired the two like I really admired Jess and I had met John a couple of times so I was like of course I want to come in um, when he started to be as the middle school director so I started working with middle school and I did that from 2000 and I did that from 2014 to 2019 so I did that for the last five years um, because I just stopped last June but I loved it I had three different groups of kids that I worked with I did one group of kids their sixth grade year, another group their eighth grade year, and then a group from sixth grade to eighth grade, um, and just developing those relationships. And that really instilled the ability to lead a group and to run things well that I needed for teaching. It kind of gave me that uh, that reinforcement. And then, yeah, I left that because it was time. And now it's just kind of moving into leadership for my career. So what what is it like trying to lead middle schoolers to Jesus, trying to be an, an example, trying to get them yeah. to latch onto their faith. Like what, what are the challenges? Mm-hmm. What are the easy parts? What is the, it's about for me, like running a middle school group is about making it a place that they want to be at. Like you don't have to have these big, huge impactful moments every week because that's just not, it's just not realistic. Like if you're expecting kids to like be crying at every message because they're feeling so overwhelmed, like that's just not the right intention that I know a lot of people go in with. Um, but for my responsibility, I was the quote unquote games master. So my job was to plan events and plan games. So my main goal was to make sure kids were having fun and at a place that they wanted to be and that they wanted to bring their friends to, because I know that the other guys could handle, I know it sounds weird. I know the other guys, I know John could handle like the faith portion of it and like leading kids to Jesus. And I knew it is my, it was my job to help with that. And it's my job definitely to assist when being an example and being a role model and uh, answering any questions. But I viewed my role much more as of like, I want to get these kids here and to get them in the room so that they can receive the word of God from John. Yeah. But if a kid, I mean, if a kid asked me questions when we did small groups, of course, I would answer them. Um, and, of course, we would dive deep into scripture and we would talk about a lot of ethical things because, I mean, the last four years, we've had a lot of ethical dilemmas that have happened within our own 
country. So like just kind of navigating that and having students that were just of varying beliefs because not all of them were Christians. So just kind of navigating that was always tough, but always staying true and not not kind of like wavering on what I would believe in making sure that they knew that even if I was playing devil's advocate and challenging them that like, I still believe what I believe. Yeah. So with that mindset and going into being a public school teacher, mm-hmm. cause like for me, my five years of teaching were all in private Christian school. Yeah. So it was very, it was necessary for me to engage in the conversations about faith with the kids while I was teaching. Mm-hmm. So, from the perspective of somebody who wants to see kids know Jesus, but you're in a public school setting, what do you anticipate? How? Because like right now, as a sub going in, like one day, like yeah. you don't have time to develop a relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. But once you're in your own classroom for years at a time, how, how do you envision that playing out? What do you see that looking like? I, I mean, in, even in my short experience, I've had kids that will like bring up God and they'll bring up religion in the classroom. And I know my legal abilities are pretty stretched thin. Like I can't, I just can't because it's not fair to the families that don't believe in what I believe in, which like, it's just a tight rope that I kind of have to walk in the sense of like, yes, I want to be able to pour into these kids Mm -hmm. and I definitely can affirm them when they say something but I can't like have a position in the classroom. Yeah, there's a fine line where you can't, yeah. can't cross. And... Yeah. Because I mean, and then I think about it on my, like, and I'm happy about that because I think of my own kids. Like if my own child is in a classroom and the teacher is of a religion that we don't, that is not a Christian, I don't want them forcing their religion on my kids. Yeah. Like it's that same idea of like the, it's kind of the yin and yang of freedom of religion where you are free to believe what you believe, but make sure you're not pushing it on formidable minds the ones that are kind of still molding because that's not fair to their family um so kind of my role is to whenever i've had kids bring up god i can affirm it i can say like like i'll say like we i remember there was a lesson when i was student teaching that i was like oh like what is something that is like super powerful and a kid said god and i was like oh yeah that's right like good job like that is a good example but i can't be like all right kids Listen up. <laughs> this is the most powerful thing yeah. because then yeah, I would get a lot of calls and then I'd get a lot of angry parents and the school would probably not be thrilled. Um, so my role would be to affirm kids that bring it up and to make sure that I am living my life in a way that is able to show people what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um have my actions speak louder than any words that I could say, make sure that I'm living above reproach. If I have a parent that's coming in upset about something to make sure it could be something simple as like listening, making sure I'm present, being there. And even that, I know it sounds silly, but like that's showing them like that's what God did, or that's what Jesus did when he was here. Yeah. He just came and he listened to people and he came and he interacted with people. So kind of having that mentality of like not looking at things as burdens, not looking at things as an attack on my faith but making sure that I can incorporate my faith just in the way that I act and not the things that I necessarily say because, once again, legal rights, it just, it's a mess. It's its tough. But I agree with it. I, I understand it. It's a complicated topic. Very yeah. nice. Like just the idea of like the separation of church and state? Or yeah. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, because 
as believers, we're called to yeah. live a life a certain way and have these conversations and stuff. And just within a classroom, mm-hmm. like you said, you don't want to. But like I agree with what you said, by you kind of just give off this different feeling than someone else in a way. Like you give off what the Christian values are, and you don't necessarily have to preach about it all the time to make someone realize what you're doing in yeah. a way. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, in the separation of church and state, like that's that's the reason we are able to be who we are today. Yeah. Like, I mean, you gotta kind of like when you're looking at the founding fathers, like yeah, we were. You can say like we were raised on Christian beliefs. Like our country was brought up with Christian morals incorporated in our laws, but we have a hard time seeing too that like it's not just Christian morals in our laws, like. There's a lot of people who agree with some of the morals, so you have to find that middle ground yeah. of like, let's let's work together in this. Let's understand each other on a deeper level than just student teacher or parent and teacher, um, and to show them like, just what it means to be someone who follows Jesus, someone who will act like Jesus as best as they can. Yeah. No, I agree with what you no, do you have any <laughs> do you have any questions? No, I think you covered good questions. <laughs> I know, I was like, it's been going my goal was to keep it short today and it just did not No man, because I am all about elongating these conversations. It must be a real conversation, not a rushed co- like not a rushed yeah. Yeah. topic. Well I just there's no I mean, obviously you have other opportunities to come in, but since we're here. Um what is I, <laughs> I haven't ever even asked you this before, and you can go into as little detail as you want. But what is it, and I hadn't thought to ask either of the other people who've been in here, but how how does your own personal faith shape your relationship with Brooke? Like, what is that, and yeah. her faith, like, what does that look like within your two? It's been such a, like, we've been together for so long that... I forget that, like, we're still shaping each other, essentially. Like, yeah. when you're with somebody for a long amount of time, which, I mean, out of your guests, in, they were, have been married a lot longer than I have been with Brooke, even yeah. though it's still been a while. Um, that, like, I lose sight of that, that the fact that, like, oh, yeah, like, our faith and our personalities and everything is still shaping each other, and we lose sight on that. Um, but definitely, for my end... It is like drive. Like I am typically a driven person in like when I'm wanting, when I'm looking at finding a new church or finding something um, that I want us to do, it's, it tends to be easier like for her to kind of be a little more timid about it or a little more afraid, rightfully so, because there's been things from other churches that have um, kind of left some battle scars. Um, so, like, for me, I'm more shaping her and I'm more pushing her to be, like, more courageous in her faith, which we all need somebody who is willing to kind of push us out of that comfort zone. Yeah. And then she's shaping me in, like, every other way. Oh, my gosh. She's so much <laughs> better than me. She she shows me, like, what it's like to be patient and, like, understanding, which really helps in my faith. Like, her faith is very understanding of people and she likes to listen and she is willing to make deep connections with people and I typically have stayed more surface level because I like being like the fun guy who comes in and well shakes things up and then I let other people kind of handle the deep stuff 
So she's kind of showed me like it's okay to like have deep stuff with like more people or with like people, especially in the church. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we play off of each other with that. Um, but yeah, at the point, cause we're almost at eight years that it feels like, it feels like we are who we are. Like it feels like all the, the big stuff we got out of the way in the first three years of dating, like we figured out like our little things that make us mad or we figure out the things that, um, we definitely don't want in a spouse going forward. And now we're just kind of like getting the, the details, like the fine tuning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's tough to go to church without her. Like it's a lot less motivating cause she lives in Pomona. So like if I know I'm going somewhere by myself, like I don't have the accountability that she would give me. I'm not giving her the accountability that she needs up there. Like that definitely can be a, a tough one right now. That's what we're going through. Who has been, these are my last two questions because right. I like, anyway. um, who over the course of your faith and growing in and stuff, who has been like one or two people who have really shaped, um, I don't know, shaped you or shaped your faith or like people that you have really been like, wow, those are people that I want to emulate or those are people who really have it together or those are like, who have been people who have yeah, contributed that to your faith. Definitely. Um, so my parents have always been a big, like they're kind of like, I look at it as like a cornerstone. Like they're just like the basis of like what I want my faith to be. Like something that's unwavering yet willing to adapt. Yep. Like they're unwavering in their faith in that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, that we are Christians, that we need to be in his word and listening yeah. to what he has to say for us. Um, but willing to adapt in the sense of like, my mom's been better at it. My dad's gotten better at it of like just new issues that have come to light, um, in the world or in our society of being able to adapt and like fit our faith into that and find how it fits in our faith. So i make sure I want to always be open-minded like my parents. And then, um, yeah, like there's been so many people that have just taken little pieces so, like, I look at just, like, a whole statue, and each piece, each person, like, puts a little piece into it. Um, it's like, like when they do those, like, what's the perfect NFL quarterback? Yeah, and it's, this it's like this arm, this, arm, this yeah. So, like, I look at, like, so, like, you would be, like, consistency in, like, being there at events because that's tough to do, especially when I was working middle school. Like, it's tough to go out to games because, like, sometimes it costs money, it takes time, all yeah. that. Um, my friend Louis Huseman shows, like, what it's like to just, like, to be kind of just wild, to be crazy and somebody that people really are like magnetic towards because that's more his personality. It shows me like, oh, like that's something that I want as a part of my faith. Like I want people to be attracted to me in the sense of like they want to be around, they want to know what I'm about. Um, there's, yeah, Steve Gross played a lot in high, as my high school pastor when he was there and John Olson as the middle school leader and working under him. Like there's just been so many people that um, – that I've been able to learn under and be able to learn and shape my personality. My brother, Kyle, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I love Devin and Kimberly too. Kyle and I have definitely had a lot more like religious talks over the last few years. I think we'd all, the four of us would admit. Um, so like Kyle shows me like what it's like to live with um, different like anxieties and still interact with God in that way, which we all deal with from time to time. And, yeah, it's just, a, there's no one that, like, is glaring, but, like, 
I would put like my mom and dad at the head, and then everybody else is kind of like just building, yeah. building down. It's yeah. a good visual. That's great. Um, the last question is: You have this faith, you have this belief in your life, in your the totality of your life experiences. How do you, as an individual, know that your faith is true? How do you know that God is real? How do you know that Jesus is who he is in your faith? How have you yeah. experienced it? How, do you, how does Cody know yeah. that Jesus is That's God? Yeah, that's a good question. And, like, it depends on the day you ask me. Honestly, <laughs> like, there's some days where I'm like... Like, what's going on, God? Like, where are you at? Like, yeah. I see a lot of stuff going down that I don't like. Or it's not working out for me. And I get frustrated and I get pissed off. And I think, like, why? Like, come on. Like, if you're here, like, show yourself now because it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. But on the other end of that, that's what shows that you care about it. Like, me feeling that way is what shows that, like, oh, yeah, it is real. Like, yeah. I wouldn't doubt something if I didn't firmly believe that it was real. Like, I wouldn't feel torn inside if I didn't firmly believe it was real. Because there's a lot of times where I feel that. Like, I feel torn because I'm like, I know you're real, and I know this is you. Like, why aren't you here? If I didn't, if I was kind of, like, unsure, if I didn't think, like, oh, maybe God is around. Like, maybe he created us. Maybe Jesus died for our sins. Then when bad things happen, I would be like, well, like, I guess that kind of sucks. Like, yeah. That's life. It just happens. But like the fact that I get so torn up and I get so frustrated and angry shows that like I have to believe he's there because why would I be getting so yeah, mad if he wasn't? Good. Like Yeah. That's yeah. That would be and I mean obviously the easy answer too is like actions. I've seen God in my life work in plenty of ways that are way beyond coincidence. Um I've seen God work in other people and that he's placed in my life and that I've placed in their lives. Like, there's been so many things that are just way too way too unique to be coincidence that points to God all over the place for me. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks for... <laughs> no, that's... I all mean, right. There's, <laughs> that's a good way to finish. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. Well, thanks for taking almost two hours of your day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, An no. hour, hour 45. Yeesh. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. No, you're great. Um yeah, no, that's brilliant. We love it, and I'm sure you'll be back yeah. <laughs> at some point soon. If anybody wants to go to any NFL stadiums with me, just yeah, hit me Cody up. up. He's got a bunch invitation. of other. He's got a bunch of other stadiums to get to. So yeah, partner up with him in that. So again, follow him Instagram, the real C Kurt. Uh, you can follow me and Jake also at jbomber42 and Jake underscore Mathis with an E, not an I. <laughs> and for sure, the podcast hit us up Instagram, Twitter. At from Bob's office. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll be here again Thursday. Not quite sure who our guest is yet. Um, but we believe that Jason Dunn will be in with us next Tuesday. Um, and as always, we're always looking for sponsorships. So if you want to send us some money and get shouted out for it, we are down for that. But until next time, I'm Jacob Bomber. I'm Jake Mathis. I'm Cody Kurtz. Have a great day. <laughs>